This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, go to stdpodcast.com slash support. Welcome to STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with the Who story himself, Cal Jones. How's it going, Cal? I am glad to be back. I missed being with you guys last week, but I am very happy to be back talking about this episode that I have a lot of notes on, so can't wait to get into it. So glad yeah. to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling, 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 blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see The Undertaker. So what else can I say? And I got to see the Bella Twins. So I like them. So what else can I say? Did you say hi to Ronda Rousey? Who was on uh, Royal Rumble last night. Uh, yeah. So she's on Raw, Raw again tonight. So, uh, so yeah, after I get off that, I'll be watching that. <laughs> after I get off this, we'll be watching that. Yeah. Did she do like a career shift because she got knocked out? Holly Holmes. Hey, Brock Lesnar is the <laughs> WWE champion, so there you go. Did she catch more fists with her face? Ooh. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> she, she of just course came. not. They don't actually make contact in oh. wrestling. Oh. Uh, good. Good. Uh, but she did come in at the very end, and it was sort of like a mirror universe, I think. So mm. kind of like what we're going to be talking about tonight. So there you go. Shots have been fired, yeah. man. Shots have been fired. So the other guy you heard speaking first there was uh the tech story and Carrie. How's it going, dude? Greetings, Earthlings. I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. Um pumped to talk about this episode, man. It was a trip. Oh, a yeah. trip. Oh yeah, we just gonna, just gonna ride that wave. Ride that wave. <laughs> <laughs> and also we have the Trek story in John Shorts. How's it going, dude? So going good man going good enjoying these episodes of discovery i'm gonna hate for it to end yeah i'm gonna shed a tear <laughs> I, mean, I, I just hope it won't be a game of throne-esque wait i'm hoping it'll be sometime at the end of this year but who knows well how long was what was the wait like for game of thrones oh this late this late go over ahead. a year it was over a year wasn't it yeah oh wow it was over here, the last one, and again, it's gonna, it's like, we were not gonna get new episodes to 2019, so it was, it's like a huge wait between the last season and the, the next one. So, the final season. Yeah. But look what happened with Doctor Who in 20, what was it, 2016, where we had one episode at Christmas and that was it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but, that, but maybe we won't. That have hurt my soul. <laughs> Mine too, so. <laughs> And that other fellow you hear there is our good friend and returning guest, Jeremy Varro. How's it going, dude? It's going good. I'm glad to be back. Glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. So, guys, uh, what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. Uh, so, guys, if you want to know more about how to help the show support it in any way. I'll say first and foremost, subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about us. If you like us, you know, you have a fellow Trekkie out there that also uh, is interested in the things you are and might have the same sentiments and you like this show. 
you know, tell them about us. But if you want to support a little bit more, you can check us out at patreon.com slash STD podcast. And if you don't want to actually give us anything, you can follow us there where we post bonus content, etc. So, guys, today we're going to be talking about season one, episode 13. What's past is prologue. So, guys, what's going on? Do you have any news, topics, anything you want to talk about before we get into this review? Nothing here. Um, I do. I, I have one quick thing that I'll mention. Yesterday afternoon, I was on the Cultum Collective podcast, and they just happened to be talking about for this particular uh, monthly meetup that they did. They did the Black Mirror episode. They talked about the Orville, and they went into Star Trek Discovery. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I did a good job of representing (laughs) us because right in the middle of talking or listening or being on there with them, I got into this coughing fit. So I was quiet right at the point that they got into Star Trek. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I, you know, repped us really well. I did uh, get to mention our show, but I have something that they brought up that we may have talked about but that I found very interesting. So if you'll give me maybe 30 seconds, uh, I want to bring that up real quick. Sure. Let's talk about it. All right. So one of the things that they mentioned was the way that this ship looks in comparison to, uh, you know, the ship in the original series with, you know, Kirk and Spock. And one of the guys brought up, and if we've mentioned this here and I don't remember it, just go ahead and slap me on the side of the head that, you know, because, hey, I'm old. But um, having said that, they basically compared it to how you have some car manufacturers that will maybe in one model of a particular something go retro. And then they see, oh, you know what? This really didn't work out that well. So they go back to what they've been making. And that (laughs) ship that we see on the original series is one of those quote unquote throwback retro models. Thoughts? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Silence fell. Well, we we did touch on this somewhat, but uh, we kind of got out of it. Uh, what I, I I think that's just going to be a hole in the timeline. I don't think that ever be explained because I mean, really, if you're going in timeline, Enterprise should have been first, and well, we seen that ship, and yeah. Enterprise looks a lot like the ships we're seeing now in Discovery. So I, I, I don't I don't know. It's hard to I don't okay. see them addressing that any. Okay, cool. So I have another theory, but I'm going to wait till we actually get uh, into the actual cast. But just again, thanks to the Colton Collective guys for having me on and allowing me to give a shout out about our show. So there you go. Yeah, I I, I did listen to that particular part of the episode. I haven't made it all the way through, but it was an interesting concept to think that, you know, we would go one step too far in the retro uh area and then we pull it back like ah you know it didn't really work i i can see that justification but i have to agree with john that you know not only the ship design but look at technology it's so many things in this episode that can't be can't be reasoned off by by forward canon so we have to kind of just say oh you know it's going to be a little bit different um which which is okay. I think it's fine. Cool. I think they call it the suspension of disbelief. <laughs> and you just have to accept it as fact. 
It's there. There's nothing you can do about it. They're not going to talk about it. Yeah. It's just going to be there. Not to mention these Klingons. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, go, I've started back watching uh, Enterprise series, actually, and I'm, again, looking at the Klingons here and thinking, okay, this is before Discovery, <laughs> and they look like the Klingons in TNG and DS9. And, but here we got Discovery. It's supposed to be the pre-Klingon. Uh, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. The very first episode, the Klingon is running through a freaking cornfield or something. I'm like, right? How did they explain? Well, why did it have to be a cornfield? I mean, (laughs) where is space travel now? Why do we have (laughs) cornfields? Oh man, they got to connect it closer to our current time. So I I get that, you know, a little more down earth, literally. Good times, good times. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, I guess we'll get into the review of what's past is prologue. Worker plans to move forward with a coup against the Emperor, propelling Burnham to make a quick decision to save not only herself, but the USS Discovery. Non-spoilery thoughts. Let's start with Jeremy. What you think? You know, this is it's not one of my favorite episodes. It was a really good episode, but not one of my favorites. But they did kind of move the story along to the pace I like. And I really can't say anything more without spoiling it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, John, what you think, man? Uh, again, uh, it was a great episode. I enjoyed it, but there was a few things that happened and I was kind of like, Oh, that doesn't really work. Uh, you, you just kind of sidestep something there and you didn't explain it. So. <laughs> I, I, I might know your sentiments, man. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that. And and I have to say, I wasn't impressed with the fight scenes either. So. Oh, what? Okay. See, that's what I did like. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Carrie, what, what do you what do you think, man? Um, I will have to say that I just feel like the show keeps getting progressively better. I know that's a cliche at this point, but uh, there were a few things that I was kind of like, um. Okay, but overall, I really liked the episode. I thought it was awesome. Okay, okay, Kyle, what you think, man? Mm, uh, excuse me, I got to go right there with Carrie and say I really liked the episode. I don't really have a complaint about it, and I'm not going to say what I've pretty much said every week about you know, oh, <laughs> I really, really like start, you know, and I'm not going to say it, but uh, I can't wait to get into some of the spoilers. But yeah, I enjoyed. Cool, cool. And I also really enjoyed the episode. I think there are a lot of good um, monologue moments or dialogue moments in this episode. Uh, I I did have a few uh, gripes as well, and I'm sure we'll get into those. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. So, guys, uh, after this point, if you have not watched the episode, I suggest you go watch it because uh, henceforth, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. So, guys. Hmm. Man. So, one year, 221 days in these torture devices. Um... I don't see how they can just get out and be okay all of a sudden because Lorca is pretty torn to bits after being in it for a few days. But what, what, what do you guys think about this opening scene? Oh, so, you know, like the whole thing with him, it just kind of freaked me out. Like, 
I just feel like this whole thing just happened, like this particular part just happened like way too fast. But I mean, it's cool kind of seeing people from that were possibly deceased in other universes kind of come back, I guess. I don't know. Temporarily. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, too soon, man. I was hurt. I had to watch her die a second time and it really, (laughs) it really disturbed me. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you didn't actually see her die. Yeah, but, I mean, well, you kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hope Springs Eternal, I guess, but. <laughs> maybe she transported off at the last minute. And <laughs> I the storm. Of, you're right. It's just going to end back in the universe. And then you can watch her die a third time. Oh, be nice. Be nice. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm re- I'm remembering like um again having watched the Mirror Darkly episodes of Enterprise and I think it was um the captain as well as um uh what's the gung ho guy's name? The the security officer? Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm. Like they spent like several hours in there and they were supposed to dare near killed them and you have these guys that were in the agony booth for over a year. Nick it out like, oh, I'm good. Let's go. Let's go do Lorca's bidding, which I just found really strange. But, you know, yeah, and see, that was there lies one of my problems is like everybody jumped out of this thing. Just OK to go fight. <laughs> they like, were protected by plot by- armor. OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me ask a question real quick. Does anybody remember at the very beginning? Because I don't. So obviously a question. Um does anybody remember if at the very beginning was the pain, whatever it was on? Did you see, did you see that being turned off or were they already out of the pods or the booths or whatever? They're already out. Yeah. They're already getting out the agony booths. Yeah. All right. So a hypothesis here. What if at some point they just put them in suspended animation and wake them up <laughs> once a week and kind of shock them some more and yeah. put them back to sleep? Maybe. <laughs> I guess it's possible, but I don't we didn't know. see that, you know. So yeah, you know. But the way the guy was talking on the last episode, he like, yeah, we 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 cleaned out a whole freaking uh, cargo bay to build a agony boost to, to torture your men with. So yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, but, but Carrie, I think, uh, Lorca directly addressed one of your concerns early on, which we may have talked about a little bit last week, to which he says to Landry, Landry, I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had a plan. Yeah. That, that much is true. And I will say, um, I feel a little bit vindicated because like, this whole time, I've been thinking there's no way he's that smart to do all this stuff. And he really wasn't. It was just kind of dumb luck. So, like, that made me feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do hear Destiny thrown about quite a bit in this episode. <laughs> dumb Lorca. <laughs> Very good way to say it. Oh man, come on now. He he's he's I think he's still a smart guy. And he did have a plan, uh however not successful, but you know, he was very lucky to to, you know, escape death. I think that was pretty good for him. I I just think it, it kind was of reminds me of Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, he, always, he always says he doesn't have a plan, everything works out. Come in here. Just, just a drunken man going through life 
and making everything happen. I just feel about like the, the whole thing is like h- however utilitarian or totalitarian the Turians are. Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> like, how, how, however totalitarian they were, like both of their downfalls was being sentimental towards a person. Like that's how both of them ended up getting like f- their power taken away, I guess, in, in for lack of a better term. So I just thought that was kind of ironic. Because, you know, as much as they were preaching about being, like, ruthless and all this other stuff, they ended up being, like, their weakness ended up getting them both, like, yeah, got, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so well, their weakness and their overconfidence, which, yeah. I mean, is cliche for all villains, is they always overconfident and they get some killed in the end. Especially Lorca, I don't know what he. I guess he figured he'd just take the throne room and everything was okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say, um, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but um, I didn't. I wouldn't think Burnham's and Giorgio's plan would ever, you know, succeed. But oh, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> what uh, plan? Anyway, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so, so let's talk about the question we had last week about the Stamet switch. So we kind of get answers. Yeah, anyway. I whiffed on that one. <laughs> okay, I I still didn't understand it. So please explain. Okay, so the way they edited those two scenes together, like I just thought that they swapped bodies because he says wake up and he wakes up and it's the other it's the other they're in the other ship. So like I just figured that somehow they had swapped bodies and I wasn't the only person that thought that because I read I read on some forums and I read on Reddit that other people had thought that they swapped too. So it wasn't just me. And but I thought too. It was totally wrong. So there we go. Hmm. Hmm. And man, they they really, <laughs> and it's a good thing they didn't switch. Oh yeah, because <laughs> to my next point, these jokers really hate the freaking mirror stamets with a passion. Like several times, <laughs> several times Landry asked, "Can I kill this dude?" I'm like, "What did he do?" <laughs> like, good lord, she really wanted to kill him, and then Lorca was pretty much the same way. Yeah, they really, really hated this guy for some reason. I don't, I'm not sure why. Okay, 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 okay. I, I have one question for you guys. So if you're ruthless Lorca trying to retake the ship and take over the Empire, why wouldn't you just gas the whole spaceship? Like, why Why would you, like, I have to kill her with my own hand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Idiot. It's personal it, vendetta. And it's just one of those things themselves. where it's like she's sitting right there for like, and it's the, it was just the most cliche villain thing I've ever, you know, that you will ever see. He just sits there and gives a speech about destiny and all this other crap. <laughs> and she's just sitting there on her knees, just waiting to be killed. And, uh, yeah. just, ah, it happens I don't, I don't think much. it's like, I like Lorca as a character and I like, like kind of the, um, juxtaposition of like his two roles. But as far as being a villain, I thought he was a horrible, a terrible villain personally. Hmm. I don't. Yeah, I, I think he was a little more. Um, this is a funny thing to say. He's a little more likable. He was more mysterious, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I yes, don't. I don't think we're done with Lorca yet. Good point. Really? But I don't for 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 this particular Lorca. I have a. I I don't really think of him as a villain. I just think of him as. The Lorca from the universe for where he was come. I mean, from where he was from. Oh. And, you know, his his actions, were they horrible? Absolutely. 
but from where he was from, that was the norm. So he's just a product of his mm, surround. I don't know if I take not, it that far. He's kind of ruthless, dude. Yeah. yeah, but so is everybody else over there. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, I heard somebody say, is he really gone? And it just like I, the whole time <laughs> when he was falling into that big ball of death, um, with the mycelial network, like, cause, cause it's funny to me. Like, I don't know if any of you guys ever play Final Fantasy VII, but the whole mycelial network thing just reminds me of the live stream in Final Fantasy VII. So, like, there's this part in the game where the main character falls into the live stream, and he, um, like, he has a like find himself, and like when he dropped down into that and like just kind of poofed, like that's what I thought of. I was like, he's going back to the live stream. <laughs> So like he might he might not uh, be dead. Well, I mean, I'm hope Jeremy saying that the original Prime Lorca is still alive. I hope that's what he's right. Saying. We we still don't know where he is. Yeah, because I mean, I'm assuming he, that he didn't get killed in his battle that he supposedly his the rest of his crewmen died in. But I mean, I don't want and how can I put this? I don't want Star Trek to get more mystical. not philosophical mystical. Than it already is, because to me, the whole spore mycelium talking to people in the spore network, uh, <laughs> seeing dead people, to me, that's as, as mystical as, as Star Trek should ever get. You know, <laughs> I don't want it to go any further than that, because then it stops being about space and science and it goes into this realm of the Lord of the Rings or something, you know, some weird. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want that in my Star Trek, you know? In other words, you don't want right. Doctor Who in your Star Trek. Even Doctor Who is somewhat scientifically uh, founded. Something yeah, like going from Star Trek to The Magicians. Yeah. Or Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's been that's been my gripe since this started was we're losing a lot of the science of Star Trek, which... Now, I, I I was just telling Jeremy earlier, Saru is really growing on me uh, just because he seems to be the most Star Trek-like captain that we've seen so far. Growth, man. Speaking of Saru, growth. Like yes. His, his ganglia aren't firing off every... <laughs> his his ganglia aren't firing and off every thing. Like he's like a horny teenager <laughs> anymore. He's just like... In, in which... In which I have to say a huge testament to Lorca's prime performance because he was, he managed to be around uh, Saru the whole time and not constantly set off his ganglia. So he had to be doing a pretty commanding <laughs> performance. <clears throat> Agreed. Well, I mean, if you think about it, he, he wasn't a threat to them though. Like he wasn't, he was just trying to use them to get back home. He wasn't after their lives. He wasn't after mm-hmm. Saru's life. So, I mean, if you think like that's what I thought about, it. I was like, okay, so it makes sense that he didn't set his gangly off. He wasn't like he wasn't trying trying to kill them. You know, like he didn't have any secret designs to kill them. Yeah, he just well, he needed them to get back. So it was in his best interest to keep them alive. Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, I mean, he even says as much at the when he gives his last speech before his untimely demise. Um, you know, <laughs> I really care about you guys and I've trained you into hardened warriors. You know, he kind of has a bit of pride to that, you know. So so certainly I think he had a certain amount of sentiment toward them. But by the same token, uh, I don't know, because I mean, look at the st- things he's doing in his universe. 
and his ideas. And I, and just to, before we dive into it a, more, a little bit more, but I think the episode did a great job of pitting, of uh, putting the, the Terran mentalities versus the Starfleet values. And they kept bringing it up, uh, talking about how Starfleet is so ide- idealistic and, and, um, that, you know, that, that'll never survive, which, and maybe we can discuss this a bit. Do you think we were playing on more political things here or was that more purely Starfleet, um, purely Starfleet mentality that they're trying to uh, convey to us? Well, I mean, I think it's two things. The first thing is like we were talking about Saru. Like, I feel like out of all of the people who have kind of played captain or been captain on this show, he's probably the most at this point. He's felt more like a captain than any of them because yeah. he has that, you know, that unending, unwavering idealism. So, like, I just feel like for all the people. JoJo. Well, yeah, I guess. with, with But what I'm saying is like. It just to me, it was kind of like a punch in the gut for all these people who were saying the show was nothing like Star Trek and Starfleet and all this other stuff. It's like, yes, it is. You know, like this is this is what we really you know, this is what Discovery really is. It's not this subplot with these crazy folks trying to like do all the stuff that captains wouldn't normally do. Like this is Starfleet. I didn't I didn't get any political undertones from it at all, personally. I mean, well, I mean, they kept going back and forth and maybe, maybe more of my political, um, the thing that I got that was political out of this, when Lorca makes a statement, um, uh, make the empire glorious again, he kind of throws that out there. <laughs> I was like, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like Trump, Trump's a buffoon, but he's no terrorist. Like, come on. Man. Like we, we, like there has to be like a lot of demarcation, like between being a buffoon and being like, like, you know, inherently like evil and, you know, totalitarian. Like he's just, he's just a, he's just a goofball. Like, come on. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get anything political out of it. I, I didn't think much about it other than just storyline. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I agree with Carrie. I mean, Trump's just a goofball, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's just, just like we didn't want to give Lorca any more credit than he deserved, we don't want to give Trump any more than he deserved. Ah, uh, point taken. Point taken. So let's let's walk it back just a bit. This ion storm. <laughs> um okay granted in the original tholin web episode they set off isometric charges in a particular part of space to bring the the defiant across the void but uh, a transporter ion storm malfunction and, they, and and this is like the start of a bunch of thing in this a bunch of things in this episode that they use the so-called trekno babble to just kind of like explained a bunch of crap off yeah it really didn't make any sense it was they, pre- prevalent in this episode yeah, they glossed over a lot of things that i felt were really important and that was probably the main one like we we've, we've had this whole build-up about him being this mastermind and about him traversing the universe to go after his love when when in all reality it was just dumb luck like and i i felt kind of cheated because i wanted i wanted to like a real explanation, and that was I. I just I don't accept the explanation. I thought it was baloney. Look, anytime there's an ion storm, there's a nebula, <laughs> or they're in the holodeck. I just know this episode is going to go off the rails a little bit. <laughs> and, and once again, this is classic end. Star Trek. 
Right. You know, this is proving that this is Star Trek because of what you just said. This is classic Star Trek. They're 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 pulling out of the uh, Star Trek playbook right there. Well, if you but I mean throughout Star Trek, there's been transport accidents, and I and I couldn't come up with an exact time, so I kind of looked it up here on uh, Memory Alpha, and it does say uh, Captain Kirk that. Their whole Mirror Universe episode happened because an ion storm was near them when they transported. Mm, nice. Nice. Hmm. And I think, wasn't there in uh, Deep Space Nine, they, like, transported across the universes? Yeah, they did. I don't know if that was caused by ion yeah. storm, though. Yeah, but still, they pretty easily, using some type of technology, transported across the universe like it wouldn't right. get nothing. So, I guess there's precedent for this, or or future stuff for this. <laughs> well, as Jeremy said, it's always an ion storm or nebula that causes crazy crap to happen that they can never explain. Yeah, I mean, that I can deal more with than... Um, if we want to talk about a little bit about the the dilemma that they kind of made by talking and resolved by talking. This, this is what really it made me mad in this episode when they were talking about how to destroy the mycelium power orb or whatever it was that is draining oh. the universe. So they can they contrive this problem by saying it's draining the universe. We have to destroy it. And then, oh no, we can't destroy it because they got shields. And it's, it's just like they did nothing but talking to make a whole. <laughs> do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think there's a lot of filler. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, they talked to, to, I don't know. It, it really upset me. Well, see, I didn't have a problem with the talking and that happens a lot in Star Trek. Problem is they were talking to what they were talking about didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> And, I, you know, we already don't understand this mycelial network. So to dumb it down into this ball of energy between this <laughs> ship that's going to kill the world. Oh, no, it's going to kill the world. We have to destroy it before we go home. And, right. And how did they know that was I mean, it, how did they know that was what was happening? Like, where was the science behind that? And then we're not even going to talk about the warp thing where they yep. just stayed at warp for three yeah, three hours. How did that happen? And they drop right in front All of the uh, ship at it. <laughs> right, Captain. This explosion will destroy us if we set off this reaction. Try harder. <laughs> oh, but but come on, we gotta we gotta say Saru's speech was was just top notch in that. <laughs> my, yeah. my my gangly are not going off. That means we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making light of it, but it was a, it was a good speech. I'm, I can't, I can't. No, man. Just, you, go ahead. That, I mean, that was, you know, when he, once we got to that point and they came up with a plan and everybody was like, oh, this is a doomsday plan. <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of expecting, I was like, you know what would be great if Saru or somebody stepped up with his wonderful Star Trek-like motivational speech. And he did it. And that, yeah. I mean, that's a problem. And that's what made me grow to like him even more in this episode, did because he stepped into that role. That was not a Star Trek speech. That was a Remember the Titan speech, man. That was like, <laughs> that was like some some motivation right there. I would have ran through a wall for Saru if I was in that. <laughs> I'm getting out of this universe. Ain't nobody eating me. 
Discovery is no longer your orcas. She is ours. And today will be her maiden voyage. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Optimism for you. <laughs> that was great. I just like how he's coming to his own. Like you guys were talking about Tilly last week, but I just like how he's coming to his own where like I felt like the whole time Burnham was there, like he wasn't happy that she was there, not because she was a threat, but 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 because he thought that she was better than him. And now he's just not even worried about that. He's just oh he's, he's stepping so to his own, so doing his own thing. Like I love it. And then did you catch the which stood out a lot to me when he she uh was in what we discerned was the Jeffrey tubes maybe of the ship <laughs> and she was communicating with Saru, you notice he said my friend. And that's that stood out to me. Oh yeah, yeah. that yeah. I mean that, that that didn't sound like the Saru right before they got to this universe. I wouldn't have expected him to say my friend. Yeah. But it but 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 isn't that amazing how you put characters together in situations that are opposites or are have conflict or or whatever and that situation brings out different parts or different experiences for both for Burnham for Saru you know and and actually for all of them for that matter i mean might think about it I didn't like Tilly when we got to this universe, and now I do. <laughs> so, I mean, and I had some pretty good haterade going on for Tilly. <laughs> Watch out so, for the haters. <laughs> and I but, don't hate no more. But, but Kurtzman you know, did say that the character, you would see a lot of character growth in this series, and we ha- he has lived up to that. I, I've enjoyed it. But, you know, the one character I like the least as we go is Michael. Hmm. I don't know why. She just, I just like her less and less. Well, I like everybody else more and more. Well, it's it's like, it's so funny because she's supposed to be our quote unquote principal character, but it's almost like she serves as the thread between all these other interesting characters, which is just really weird. And I don't know. Cause she's, (sighs) that's, that's good. (laughs) She's like in the middle of everything. And, and, of course, we're following supposed, you know, her storyline, but to me, it just makes everybody around her shine even more. And I don't know if that's because of her performance or just the, the direction of the script. I don't know. It's a good point, though. I just feel like we haven't really had an opportunity for Michael to shine yet. Like, I just I don't feel like we've had that opportunity. And my only worry going forward is with Lorca not being her her buffer like are they gonna throw her in jail now like what's gonna happen you know like i know that they got some crazy stuff happening when they got back but like that's my thing is like what's what's keeping her out of jail now Hmm. yeah i guess we'll see (laughs) oh i love 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 the part when um when when mira Giorgio was gonna throw her in the brig and she like fought away in the most daring escape I've seen in quite a while. She like shoots the grade off the Jeffries tube, whatever, and like just slides in there. I thought that was freaking awesome. I don't know if anybody else enjoyed it, but I really like that scene. Okay. I got a question. Uh oh. <laughs> she starts running for this thing and slides, and she wasn't the one that shot it out. Someone else accidentally no, shot it out. <laughs> she shot it out. So I looked at it today. What was her? Yeah, yeah, I thought no, she, she did didn't. Too. She don't, did. Go back. She did. she did not. She did not. I watched it again just a minute ago, and that was one of the things I was looking for was whether or not she shoots this thing this. out. Huh. And she did not. And she just runs as I mean, maybe she. She's a I quick thinker. I don't know. 
Maybe oh. she's part Betazoid. Well, it's well, that would be emotional. she's a metahuman. There you go. Yeah, that'd work better. Was this the first time we heard Captain's Log in this show? Because I know Saru says it. I think so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because because think of and and, and nobody. We didn't catch up on that, and nobody else did. Obviously, no Captain's Log because he's not from there. Maybe he didn't know to say it. Perhaps. Hmm. Maybe so because I know we've had log entries, uh, particularly from Burnham. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's the first time, unless I'm just wrong there. Yeah, I think it is the first time, which probably made this feel made Saru feel more Star Trek like than any. I mean, I don't know. You don't. Now that we think about it and we talk about it. You know, that's actually been an important thing to hear in a Star Trek series. I mean, usually it comes on with a captain's log kind of giving you a, a broad a view of you know, what's going on. And we hadn't heard that. And maybe that's why I like it so much now. She shoots it out, man. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the, the fight scene reminded me of uh, Kingsman, the Secret Service. <laughs> and I love that the, 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 the church fight scene. And that's what it reminded me of. That's why I liked it, even though Jonathan hated it. Are you talking about the hall scene or the last uh, throne room of, scene? All of them. Yeah, I mean, as far as the hall scene, I think we saw a couple of, well, a few interesting things. First off, these phaser rifles that they had were, I guess, at the kill, but they were <laughs> like... Said phaser to vape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were very much like the Klingon disruptors that we saw a few episodes back. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because usually the only thing that like destroys you like that are disruptors. Oh, and we saw centuries. <laughs> I was right. like, dang! I was like, dang! They ain't playing around. If I was your show, I would have been like, "You can have it. You can have it. Don't shoot me with this thing." Hey, oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, where, where's a good fidget speeder where you need one? That's all I'm saying. Right. right. Where was that thing? That would have solved the whole problem. <laughs> oh man. She, she probably can't. She probably can't concentrate with all with all of the, the human, um, the the cooked human smell that was flying around the room. <laughs> oh. That poor girl that walked in there. Oh. Wants to talk. She wants to. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they already eat kelpie, and so she probably was oh, hungry. Oh man! That's why I was saying Saru was so happy to be <laughs> captain. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> nobody eat me. Just wait till he finds out about that. You know they eat kelpie over there. Oh my god! I hope he doesn't. He's probably gonna like <laughs> beat her out in the space and let her freeze or something. Oh Lord! And Giorgio came back to the uh, other universe with her, so Giorgio's gonna be after. Uh, <laughs> get hungry. I want to eat. I'm hungry. He's just walking up behind him in the captain chair with a fork. <laughs> oh, somebody should make that graphic. That would be perfect. Oh my god. Sure Let's make it a game. Let's do it. We only got one. <laughs> eat him slow. Excuse uh, me, Captain. Would you like to make me suffer? Would you like to make me suffer? So, well, let's talk about the Burnham Giorgio. Um, I guess interaction a little bit. Do we think it's realistic that Burnham can, I'm not going to say flip, but convince um, Emperor Jojo to actually be on her side? Was this just a desperation? I have no other choice type thing. Like we've said before, 
or because uh, I don't I don't really see how she she really changed her thought pattern greatly in these last two episodes. I don't think she did though, because she always had a she always had a soft spot for Michael, or I guess she was going to ex- execute her last episode, but she still had a soft spot for her. And when she finds out she's not actually her, I mean, like I'm sure even though she was going to kill her that it wasn't like her first choice, you know, and I don't know. It, it kind of, like that whole interaction kind of made sense for, for me because they both lost, thought they lost this person forever. And now they're talking to that person again, even though it's not the same person it is. Oh my God. My head's hurting. I call it the, I, ba- <laughs> I call it the battle of the cum badges. Know what I call it. All right. So let's, 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 wow. So let me, let me, uh, let me say this. Um, what about, when she saw Michael Burnham the last time and talking about the execution, she's thinking not that this is a mirror universe, Michael. This is her Michael, who we go to find out betrayed her, sided with Lorca and all of that. So it made perfect sense that her first inclination was, okay, now you're back. Now you're, you know, what are you up to? I know what you've done and I'm going to kill you. That makes sense because of, A, where they're from, and B, what that Burnham has done. She finds out that this other person is not that same person. So maybe there is that sense of redemption between the two of them. Yeah, because both of them seem to be wanting that. Yeah, and they do have a connection, even though they're not from the same unit. Oh, that's just so cheesy for me to say. But, like, they do. They do have a connection. <laughs> and, like, both of them kind of had this yearning that they kind of left things unresolved, you know? Because, you know, Giorgio, the evil Giorgio, always wanted Michael to follow in her footsteps and, you know, to, you know, I guess take over. I don't know. But, like, in, and then, you know, Bernard's feeling guilty because she let her captain die. Yeah. So they both have, like, this connection even though it's not, oh, it's, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, great, yeah. It's all wibble, it, wibbly wobbly, Tommy, wimey. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. And it's just one of those things where, like, even at the end, like, Burnham knows this woman's evil and she knows all the horrible things she's done and that she's cooked her best friend and ate him for dinner and, oh. and made her and fed him to her and all this other stuff. And it's like, even th- even through all that, she could not watch her die again. Yeah. You know, like and well, like, I mean, I think that's so powerful. Yeah, definitely a book into the first ba- the battle at the binary star sequence that we saw early on. It's it's kind of her redemption that the thing that she's been trying to recover from, you know, this whole time. Even though you know, obviously, it's not her Giorgio, but you know, hey, I'll take what I can get. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I'm just but happy I wonder they if found she's a way to be like write. another Lorca and just try to keep them all alive so she can get back to where she was. <laughs> she's got nothing to go back to, though. Yeah. They blew her ship up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's something. Well, no, Lorca had nothing to go said, back though? for. Remember what she said, though? They've all seen my neck. Like, I have no place here. So, that, like, that's why right. she was going to die. Like, there's nothing left for her there. Yeah, she was She was willing to, uh, you know, give, give Burnham a little time to get away. So, I thought that was... Really interesting. Or she's going to create the Terran universe in our universe. <laughs> well, well, I just let's, want to let's, see her fight some Klingons, man. Yeah, looks like we're going to get that. Uh, if you saw the next own, but we won't dive into that too far. But let's basically let me ask you about this throne room sequence because two of my favorite moments in this maybe the series, but definitely this episode happened in this throne room. 
The first one is when Burnham says, I'll devote myself to you if you let this, the discovery go. Uh, but she basically tells Lorca, you ain't getting none, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, no, she didn't. <laughs> that was great. Just my mind. <laughs> And and my other well, what do we think about the fight? Let's talk about the final fight real quick and the demise of uh, Sir Lorca. Like I just had so many problems with that last fight. Like where was his lieutenant girl? Like while they were just like like did she get knocked out or something? Like what her? He cut her in the, on the shoulder or whatever. Yeah, oh, so she wasn't gonna help him. Like is that what happened? Because like knocked her out. <laughs> okay, because like between she wakes, him and Giorgio, so she wakes up after everybody leaves. Was like oh oh. Shoot the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where you been the last five minutes? He knocked her out, man. Okay. And, and you know something I just thought about? If, if if she was knocked out, how did she know that Lorca was really dead and that Lorca wasn't on the ship? She didn't. And But but she was. And so another plot hole. Wait, um, she, didn't, she didn't say he was dead, though. But, but she was definitely wanting to shoot the ship. But, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But but um but yeah, I thought the fight was I think John didn't like it, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was okay. Um you know, I personally I can't get enough of seeing Giorgio and Burnham fight together. So if the rest of the series can just be them fighting together, I'll be happy because 'cause they're awesome when they're they're in their action mode. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, where was some of this Vulcan martial arts that she displayed when she was she fighting kept trying to she yes. kept trying to nerve bench him. That was my she second kept, favorite like, moment right there. Yeah, she kept moment. trying to do it, and he w- he just was he held her hand. I, that was great. It was so great. But, anyway. but yeah, I, Jerry mentioned Kings Kingsman, and yeah. like these fights in no way, shape, or form reminded me because <laughs> 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 like those fights in Kingsman are ridiculously good, and like maybe it was the cinematography and the way the camera. Yeah. That's what but it was. I I just think the cinematography or something just maybe that's what threw me off. As far as like the actual fighting, it was cool, but it's just the way they do the cinematography in Kingsman. Like every punch is just it, they just make it so powerful, and I just didn't right. get I didn't get a feeling of like powerful from this fight. It was yeah. more like it was, it was more busy. like just a a struggle, and I feel like they tr- maybe try to do a little too much. But yeah. overall, I liked it. I agree with you, Karen. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't figure out why it was bothering me, but that's exactly it. It's the cinematography of it is, you know, I want to see some punches land. I want to see how the, you know, it just, it seemed, I guess the best way I could come up with it and what I was thinking at the time was this is just sloppy. It's just like a lot going on and nothing going on at the same time. And I'm used to like fight scenes like on Daredevil the series or <laughs> just top notch right there. You, you went to the top. <laughs> but I mean, even like Marvel's Agents of Shield, that fight scene when you had Quake in that a little building and all that. I mean, the camera's not really moving a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. showing the entire sequence, and that way you can see that the actor is actually trained somewhat in the fighting. Like they're actually, it's not just. WWE, yeah. you know wait, what I mean? Uh oh. <laughs> well, usually a lot of a lot of, oh. ca- a lot of camera movement means like doubles, a lot of doubles in there, and right. and number two, they didn't really work that much on choreography. 
That that no. kind of what it tells me. Now, one thing, one problem I did have with this fight scene, all the kicks they were doing, these feet seemed to come really out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if y'all that or not, but like this, the, where the feet were coming from was she not like, humanly possible. Come on, now. And my my thing is like I don't know if you guys have seen Super Cop, the movie she did with Jackie Chan, but like I know this woman can fight. Like she can fight for real, and like what? I just didn't really. She's like sixty. But Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan can still fight. He's like he's like the same age as our dad, and he can still fight. Have you seen The Foreigner? Oh, I like, want to see that. That's on my. <laughs> it was good. It was good. No spoilers. Um, okay, another little small gripe I had. How does Lork? I'm now. I'm sorry. How does Saru know to fire? He says, "I've seen enough." Yeah, I, I didn't catch. That. Yeah, I, I, I was going to know what he was looking at. I thought Burnham gave him the nod and a wink or something. Like maybe not literally, but. I, I figured from what she said, he he realized that he needed to fire. Yeah, but that was my me. assumption. But I still go, you know, fifty percent the other way of not knowing how he knew. I just kind of assumed that it was well. Obviously, he knew, but don't know how. Well, I took it as he he they knew they had to get into warp at a certain time and they had to be heading in a certain direction. So I know he had to fly out the other side of the ship and back in and they had to time it just right to when the explosion happened, they were on the outside edge of the shockwave. So that that's what, that's how I kind of worked that out in my head. Or it could have been his captain sentence going off because he was able to see the room and survey the situation and know that they needed a diversion to be able to let the shields down. Okay, now we're giving him too much credit. <laughs> that, we are really, but, but, really. You knew that was that was that's, a good sign. That's dude, too much credit. You you were saying Lorca like mastermind the whole thing from but, another but, universe. But but can't we say? <laughs> but can't we say when Saru was giving those commands and running the ship? Oh my goodness, this dude is on top of it, man. Yeah, he, I he's a freaking awesome captain. I hope he stays a captain and they don't just give it to Michael. I hope he stays a captain. So, okay, can we go back to this whole warp thing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this really bothers me. You don't understand. Okay. <laughs> warp speed means you're traveling, and I don't know the exact number, but so many light years per second. Maybe they had right. a loop. They had a loop that they were going in. You cannot go in warp in circles. You can't turn or curve <laughs> in warp. You have to be in a straight line. And like Jeremy and I were discussing earlier on Voyager, when they were trying to map out uh, getting through somewhere, and they were they had to stay at warp. They had to stop and yeah, re you know remap and then go back. So here's aren't there different Burnham levels says, of warp though? Not that I know of. I've never like warp one, warp two. Yeah. But still, that's all warp. I don't think you, you can turn right. into warp. I think that's pretty much understood, to my understanding. But <laughs> maybe they weren't sub warp. Yeah, I always understood as being like a straight line. You're right. But w- regardless of the case, we're talking about super fast here. <laughs> so you're going to stay. She says, stay at warp until we know I get the shields, so the shields down, and then you can drop out of warp. Well, they drop out how in did, front of the ship. Yeah. Right. How did you map that? How it, how did you map that? Like, like it, what if she had say it 10 seconds later we're ready and then they ended up on the other side of the galaxy? <laughs> dude, dude, and I will say if you look at that scene where they're like, you know, they show the ship wise like in the warp path or whatever, like the ship isn't like steady. It's like like wobbling back and forth, which I've never really seen in a what do you call it? A warp uh what's the word? Sequence. Not sequence, feel, warp feel, yeah, a warp feel. 
they were they were like waving back and forth, which I thought, thought was really weird. I'm like, why is it moving like that? It's not supposed yeah. to. I see they tried. They kind of tried to make the warp thing kind of look a lot different than normal, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I mean, and it kind of defeats the purpose of having the whole warp field. I mean, the purpose of the warp field is to keep you stable at warp, and now we're yeah. wobbling. So, yeah. Okay, so I, so I have a comment, and if you don't mind, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to make it, but you got to have my back, okay? Okay. All right, so we see at the end that not only did they warp back to their own place that they're supposed to be, but they also went up X number of months into the future. So when they're traveling, perhaps because of this spore drive, and I know the spore drive wasn't activated, but because they have that, perhaps when they went to warp, not only did they travel in space, but they also traveled through time. And that was how they were able well, to kind of stay in the same place. Well, the, the sport drive was activated. So, ah, okay. so, so kind of the excuse they made to get back since they had to use their reserve spores to, um, no, no, they, okay, now I'm getting it messed up. They went through the field, like John said, they went through the orb. They rode the wave and activated the last of their reserve spores to actually make the last jump. Is kind of my understanding of it. So they did. I thought the what? spores were they were surrounded by spores and they used those spores to make the yeah. jump. They did. They okay. So what happened? That's was what they said. They needed because the shields their ship wouldn't hold up to that that shock okay, wave. That's what they did. So they used the they used the remaining supply of spores to reinforce the ship. Gotcha. Use as a power supply, and since that was since the big sphere of spores was exploding <laughs> and <laughs> distributing <laughs> spore explosion. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. Anyway, um, so they were going to use this mm. all of these spores <laughs> distributed through everywhere. They were going to use that to collect. That, which leads me to my next problem. <laughs> How did they collect these spores that was in this shockwave? I can see that. I can see the shields absorbing it. I can see yeah. that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he looks kind of defeated right now, and it's really kind of funny to watch. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, like, the, then, like, the end, where do I go? I'm lost. Where do I take? I love the music, honey, buns. Clearing <laughs> <laughs> in the forest. I still don't know what You make me a sandwich. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, good episode though, man. I, I really enjoyed it overall, man. Um, we didn't even yep. talk about Lorca getting stabbed in the back, which I thought was awesome, and and falling to his death. I guess we didn't mention that at the beginning. I, I figured his whole thing death was kind of anticlimactic. All I will say is it it when you when you lose a a good um antagonist, you know, like I don't think he was a good villain, but as far as like being an antagonist, like. He just wasn't very villainy to me, but like it, it's like what are what are what are they gonna do now? You know, like I guess that's the only thing I was bringing up. Dude, I think he did a very okay job. If you if you want to see somebody do bad at trying to be the villain, go back and watch the Mirror Darkly from Enterprise, the two part, <laughs> and, and uh, Archer um, is trying to be a villain and it's horrible because he's such a good captain when he's being good, but his his attempt to be evil just it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody can be evil, man. It's not as easy as it looks. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But you know, I was uh, talking about this earlier. I'm glad that they went on and killed this Lorca off for good. You know, because I, it would have bothered me that he's still hanging around. Like, it, we got enough of that. Let's close this out and go to something different. Yeah. You know, well, it is. It is the end of the season, so you know it makes right. sense. But see, what what would upset me if we were to end the season still wondering if this Lorca was still around? Like, okay, we're done with that Lorca. Let's move on. I mean, again, this show one Lorca down, one to go. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, of them. I don't want to see them come back. But I mean, a good thing is though. I think we've and we've gotten so much satisfaction from this season. I mean, of course, we predicted a lot of it, but I think the payoff has still been great overall. So, I mean, I again, like I'll, I'll quote Kyle here. Where do we go from here? What's next? I don't know. And that's what what makes it exciting. <laughs> Which we did not even see them in the entire episode, did we? Yeah. Until- no Viler. Yeah, no Viler. They've been making sweet, sweet love in the brig. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come back to Goofman. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, guys. Uh so the next episode is The War Without, The War Within. Two more episodes left in this season. So guys, any closing thoughts about this episode? Well, I this was... spoke to Jonathan earlier. I like the fact that they're having the bridge officers have a bigger part. Yes. Instead of just being on the bridge. Even if it was the mirror universe. Like, all these people that were complaining about, like, the android, cyborg, whatever she is, person on the bridge, man, go, go, like, jump in a lake or something. You, like, worried about the, <laughs> worried about the wrong thing. Like, keep, ugh, ugh. it's like, is it really that big a deal? Well, is it, it, it is if it is an android, because then we have another timeline problem, because in TNG, Data is referred to as the first android in Starfleet. So if it is indeed a true android, there's a problem. I think she's probably a cyborg. She's cyborg. She, I mean, I'm saying android slash cyborg, but I feel like she's more cyborg than android. Right. I mean, Even That's though we don't see any fleshy bits, so we don't really know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's like a cyberman, and all the fleshy bits are on the inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. true. Good point. Whoa. So it was a dog Okay, I'm not cyborg? touching it. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining me, and um, uh, let's uh, do our parting gifts. Uh, talk about something you're interested in, podcast related. Otherwise, let's start with Carrie. What's going on, dude? Um, I'm really, really enjoying Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Fighters right now. It is an amazing game, and I know it has nothing to do with Star Trek, but it is amazing, and I really like it. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. I must check it out. Uh, I've been waiting to. I guess I've been debating whether I'm about it or not. But people keep talking about it, so I'm kind of leaning towards just going and getting it. So, yeah. Uh, John, what's up, man? Anything you want to plug, podcast-related otherwise? No, nothing. Nothing going on here. Just an interesting John. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Give yourself more credit <laughs> than that. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to put together something and do something entertaining. I want to. It's just finding the time. Uh, we'll see. One day. Cool. Uh, Cal Jones, anything you're working on that you want to talk about? Well, you and I also do Discussing Who, which, of course, is a Doctor Who podcast. It's at DiscussingWho.com. And we also do a comic and sci-fi 
themed podcast discussing comics at discussingcomics.com. And we should be having some new Doctor Who pod shocks coming soon. So very excited about that. And that's um, at you can find it on iTunes at uh, just do Doctor Who pod shock. So there you go. So cool. hey, what what uh what are y'all what what season are y'all in on Doctor Who? What are y'all discussing now? We are still in episode. Well, we're still in season one. We're on episode number four, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, not that far. I'm going to catch up because I want to. I want to join that discussion one day. <laughs> yep, and we want to have you on. I really enjoyed it, the Rose episode. That was pretty good. I have been talking to this man for years <laughs> to watch Doctor Who, so I'm kind of. Pissy that y'all got him to watch it and I hadn't been able to. I, well, to make yourself feel better, Clara has trying to, been trying to get me to watch The Walking Dead for probably, what, maybe three years. And, Sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it. And uh, it took um, a YouTube uh, person named uh, Jess from Seska Says YouTube channel to say, oh, well, you should try watching The Walking Dead. And I started watching. So... Uh yeah so yeah so understand. I'm sorry so you know where I'm coming from well I hadn't seen any Walking Dead or Game of Thrones so I don't know. didn't spoil anything by the way <laughs> I, I, I was hoping and praying and one day he'd get killed sorry that sorry. just makes me happy sorry sorry, sorry. I knew it was coming so so uh, Jeremy thanks again for being on the show uh, returning guest man it was a pleasure yeah I really enjoyed it yeah anything you want to talk about or plug while you're on um, I also enjoyed the Royal Rumble last night. My okay. boy Shinsuke won, and I'm happy. Um, but other than that, I, I just work. Cool. Cool beans. So, guys, if you want to get in contact with us again, you can catch us at fans at stdpodcast.com. Make sure you go to the website, stdpodcast.com, as well as check us out on Twitter and Facebook by, yeah, again, searching STD Podcast. And, um, yeah, thank you for joining us again. And we have two more episodes left. And uh, just can't wait to wrap up this season. It's been a lot of fun so far. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.